Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. On today's Sports Day Tampa Bay podcast, we're going to talk about the Buccaneers. Yes, we are less than four weeks away from the first practice of training. That's right. The Lightning just wrapped up their season on Sunday night, and we are less than four weeks away now from the Buccaneers' first practice of training camp under new head coach Todd Bowles. So we're going to talk about that today on Sports Day Tampa Bay. I'm Steve Versnick, filling in for Rick Stroud, who's on vacation. And before we get to Joey Knight, who's joining us today... Don't suffer this summer with your old AC system. Call our friends, the experts at Air Rescue. They offer superior service at unbeatable prices. Your unit can perform 30% better and last longer with regular maintenance from Air Rescue. Their award-winning team delivers 24-7 emergency service if necessary. They have 100% satisfaction guaranteed for residential installations and repairs, and they're family-owned with over 75 years in the business. Air Rescue offers 100% financing, affordable payments, and a very easy application process. No administration, or bank fees, or any extra cost with financing. Call them at 813-612-5600 or go to airrescueflorida.com. That's 813-612-5600 for Air Rescue, the air conditioning experts. All right, we're less than four weeks now from the first training camp practice for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers on Wednesday, July 27th. So we figured we'd uh, do a little uh, preview of Bucks training camp this year. And since Rick Stroud's on vacation, we go to Joey Knight, uh, Bucks beat writer for the Tampa Bay Times. Maybe we'll even talk a little USF at the end here. But we'll start with the Buccaneers. And uh, Joey, are you ready for training camp uh, less than four weeks away? Rookies actually report what in uh, three weeks from Saturday? Yeah, the 27th is the first uh, first training camp practice. I believe the rookies report on the 23rd, but... Yeah, like we were talking, uh, the lightning season just ends and less than a month, the Bucks kick off. So the grind and the uh, the excitement never ends here in, in, in Champa Bay. But yeah, the uh, Tom Brady and company, everybody will be out there at Advent Health Training Center on the 27th. It's right here, Steve. It really is. And, and it's going to look a lot different this year. Now, we know Tom Brady is back, but there's a new guy at the helm, Todd Bowles has his first Bucks training camp. Of course, he's been a head coach before at the New York Jets. But he's now the head coach of the Tampa Buccaneers with Tom Brady as his quarterback. So any expectations of what to expect at training camp from Todd Bowles compared to maybe what Bruce Arians has done in the past or compared to what the roster is, maybe some battles that may be happening? I think you'll see a lot of of good on good. I think that's something Todd wants to – to do in training camp, not to say that Bruce Arians did not do it because he did, but I think you'll see a lot of a first team offense against first team defense, kind of setting that tone for a competitive training camp. And it will be more competitive, Steve, in the sense that there are some competition battles for starting spots this year. As we know, last year, they returned every starter, all 22 guys, all three specialists from the Super Bowl championship team. That's the first time that's happened in the salary cap era. 
the first time that's happened since the 76 Raiders, the Super Bowl champions, John Madden's team. That's that's the first time a Super Bowl team has returned all its starters. Well, we know that's not the case this year. There, there will be some competition battles. And you look around, the, the first place you look is at left guard. Ali Marpet, as we know, had that surprise retirement this past winter. So that'll be interesting. They're, they're, they're high on Aaron Stinney, the veteran who came in for him in the playoffs in 2020 during the Super Bowl run, stepped in when Alex Kappa got hurt. They really didn't miss a beat there at right guard. They're high on Aaron Stinney. Uh, shouldn't be much of a transition playing left guard. You know, this, the second round pick, their second pick of the second round this past April, Luke Gedeke. Um, I think they're high on him. He's kind of a he's kind of a Ryan Jensen type, is, has been well chronicled, guy that kind of eats nails and and really just wants to wants to uh, just dehumanize and overwhelm the, the guy whoever's in front of him uh and there, there's a couple of wild cards there at left guard Darius Hutcherson Nick Leverett a couple of uh, veteran backups who could be in that mix but the the point is there will be competition at a starting spot at left guard and you go the, the wide receiver rotation Steve we know Mike Evans obviously Russell Gage who they got from the Falcons he's going to fit in somewhere but Chris Godwin likely will not be ready when the season starts so Who's gonna Who's gonna step into that starting receiver rotation? Of course, they reshine Brashad Perriman, Cyril Grayson, and you know Chris Godwin, as we know, played slot and he plays it in a wholly different way than most slot receivers. He he blocks. He does the he does the the dirty work, the grime work. Uh, something that Bruce Arians loves. Something that can't be replicated by just any slot receiver. So it'll be interesting what they do with that position. But, uh, you know, does Cyril Grayson step in there, uh, you know, for the time being until Chris Godwin's healthy again? Does Scotty Miller, does he get reestablished in this offense after being barely visible in 2021? I know they're high on this rookie, Devin Tompkins, an undrafted rookie from Utah State. Todd Bowles has spoken highly of him. Does Jalen Darden take a step in, in year two? Um, after really kind of just being inconsequential, both as a receiver and a returner as a rookie last season. So there will be competition at receiver. And we can talk about this later, the secondary, loaded with safeties. Even though Jordan Whitehead left, it's going to be interesting to see how that rotation plays out in the deep part of the secondary at safety. So that's going to be one really different part of it this time around, Steve, is there's going to be legitimate competition for frontline spots Whereas there wasn't necessarily that kind of competition or that kind of vibe during training camp last year. Well, and you hope with, you know, falling short of making the Super Bowl or even the conference championship last year that that competition's a good thing. That it, it one, it, it you hope guys come in fired up, ready to win. You know, not saying they were living off the Super Bowl win last year, but when you come into training camp and there is no competition and all the starters are back and it, it can be easy to become a little bit complacent as a team. Um, I think back to, I think the lightning went through this a few years ago when there was a, a season they came back and, and returned to everybody and got off to a really slow start. They ended up missing the playoffs that year. Um, and, and it was a lot of the whole roster was back and you went to the Eastern conference final the year before, and they kind of got a little complacent and, and Steve Eiserman after the fact said, you know what? I needed to get some new blood in there. New blood is a good thing at times. Right. You don't have to yeah. turn over a whole roster, but bringing in a Russell Gage, bringing in a Keanu Neal, bringing in a Logan Ryan, 
and then of course rookies too. But those guys can add some fire, some some pep, and 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 competition is a good thing in in sport. Absolutely, and I think we will see that in this Bucks camp, not just the positions that I previously mentioned, but elsewhere. You know, Leonard Fournette's obviously running back one, even though he w- was clearly, admittedly. Not in his his best shape during the, the mini camp, but we've seen on Instagram and recently that he's that he's evidently working trying to get that weight down. But you know who, who's going to be that running back number two? They they drafted Rashad White from Arizona State, kind of a a, a a dual threat running back, if you will, a guy who can run and catch. They drafted him in the third round, and you know you, you've got uh, Kishon Vaughn, and um, you know. The guy from the Bengals, his name escapes me. The, Giovanni the Bernard. Who's, who's back? Giovanni Bernard. Giovanni Bernard. So you're, you're going to have some healthy competition there for just that, that spot behind Fournette. They're, they're, I mean, they probably can't subsist solely on Leonard Fournette. You're going to have to have a little bit of a, a rotation there. And even you go to kicker, um, Todd Bowles has indicated there will be a competition between Jose Borgales, who won the Lou Groza Award at Miami a couple years back, and the veteran Ryan Suckup. Now, Ryan Suckup has a guaranteed contract. Uh, the deal he signed after they won the Super Bowl, after the Bucks won the Super Bowl, was like a little over $6 million guaranteed uh, with about $8 million and change paid out over the first two years of the contract. So, you know, Ryan Suckup's got guaranteed money. So I don't know if Todd Bowles saying there's going to be competition there. It's kind of lip service. But the fact is, Jose Borregales has remained on this roster the Bucks protected him on that practice squad all last year, and he's still out there. So you may or may not see a bona fide competition there. But, yeah, I, I think there has been through the draft and through some free agency, like you said, an insertion of, of new blood that's going to give this, you know, make this camp appear to be a little more competitive, especially at some certain positions this year. And I think, you know, these guys have so much respect for Todd Bowles. They know him. He's obviously been here a few years that I, I think you're going to see an intense training camp. I think you're going to see, you know, um, like, like we talk about first team against first team one-on-ones. I, I think you're going to see it competitive. I think you're going to see it intense. I think you're going to see guys come in ready to go because of their respect for Todd Bowles, which is kind of universal across the board. All these guys know Todd. They know what he's done with this defense in the past few years. They know he's obviously been a head coach before. The respect is across the board. So in deference to him, I think they're going to come in ready, ready to compete and with just, you know, maybe the intensity ratchet up just a bit more. Well, and you wonder, you mentioned Leonard Fournette came into minicamp quite heavy and right. possibly a little bit out of shape. You know, you almost wonder if Todd Bowles isn't willing to go ahead and give the running back position to somebody else if Leonard Fournette comes to training camp that way and doesn't perform. I mean, I don't think right. we know what to expect from Leonard Fournette. I think Bruce Arians, you kind of knew. The veterans who he had been there with were probably going to be favored and given more leeway. I don't know if that's going to be the same with Todd Bowles at the ch- at the helm. Well, I, I think, I really think during that mini camp, some people got in Leonard's ear. I mean, we could see it, you know, one day Rick Stroud and I were just standing there, you know, the mini camp practices were open to us. And we saw Bruce Arians go over in his golf cart and, and talk to Leonard. This was right before practice. And Rick said something to the effect, I'm paraphrasing, he said, I bet he's getting in his grill right now about his weight. 
And uh, I'm sure that was addressed between Todd Bowles and, and Leonard as well. So that may be all the fire he needs. Now, like I said, since then, we've seen things on social media, Instagram of Leonard working out, working out in the heat, doing stadiums, this kind of thing. And it appears he has slimmed down a little bit. So I think he got the memo. I think he got the message. And it'll be interesting to see how he shows up uh, when training camp commences. But uh, again, you know, Rashad White, his coach was Herm Edwards in college at Arizona State. And he's spoken very highly of Rashad. Uh, I know Bruce Arians love Keyshawn Vaughn. This will be his mm-hmm. third year. He's still on this roster. I believe he's developed a little bit of a chemistry with Tom Brady. And he stepped in very admirably when uh, Lenny was hurt late in the season and that loss to New Orleans. Keyshawn came in, in a couple of games and played well. Mm-hmm. And Giovanni Bernard, who was kind of sort of inconsequential last year, his first year in Tampa Bay, you know, he, he's, he's a veteran. He's got pride. I'm sure he's going to want to come in here and make a statement of his own. So, yeah, uh, I agree with you. If Leonard comes in a little complacent, which I do not think will be the case, there are certainly guys behind him. Well, if there's one other guy that may have been in Leonard Fournette's ear as far as getting into shape, it's probably the quarterback, <laughs> number 12, yes. TB12. Tom Brady retires, announces he's going to retire, comes back 40 days later right before free agency. You start seeing them sign guys like Leonard Fournette and, and, and bringing a lot of the, the guys back in the fold. Carlton Davis resigns, things like right. that. So Tom Brady in his third season now with Tampa Bay. Wins the Super Bowl his first season. It was kind of a struggle at first. They got to the bye week and then kind of came out and figured out, changed the offense a little bit, and became much better and won the Super Bowl. Last year, a good season. They get down big to the Rams. They come all the way back. They tie it, and the defense, of course, gives it up late, and the Rams go on to the NFC Championship and ultimately win the Super Bowl. So Tom Brady's third season, but now he's got a new head coach. His coordinator's the same. Byron Leftwich, but he's got a new head coach now in Todd Bowles. So what do we expect out of Tom having gone through retirement? Now I'm back and he says he's hundred percent in and you tend to believe Tom Brady when he says he's hundred percent in, but we also know he's done a lot this off season outside of football. So what do we expect from Tom and in the relationship with him and Todd Bowles? I think the relationship with he and Bowles is excellent. Todd Bowles is from the Bill Parcells school. And, you know, Bill Parcells kind of equates to Bill Belichick. He's kind of that old school, hard nosed guy who's going to burn the midnight oil, burn the candle at both ends, if you will. And I think that's kind of the coach that Tom prefers. It's the coach that he had at Michigan. When you, if you think about Lloyd Carr, it's the coach he had for 20 years in New England. That's the kind of coach he's used to, a guy who's going to, who's going to grind right alongside with him. Now, this is not to kindle the uh, the rumors and the rumblings that he didn't get along with Bruce Arians, because, you know, if I may be perfectly blunt, I think those, those rumblings and reports are crap. Uh, I think he got along great with Bruce. Uh, I I think their, their two years together <laughs> reaped quite a reward for this franchise in this area. But, but, but you asked the question... I think he has a greater kind of wavelength. He's on a he's on a more similar wavelength with a guy like Todd Bowles, who's kind of an old school grinder than he was with Arians. That does not to say he gets along better with Bowles than he does with Arians. 
It's not to say Todd Bowles is a better coach than, than Bruce Arians. None of that. But I just think he's more on the same page uh, in their approach to practice and grinding. He's more on the same page, those two, Bowles and Braden. Uh, this is, I'll tell you what I saw, Steve, during minicamp. I saw Tom Brady spinning it as good as he ever has, even though he's going to be 45 in August, in a month, August 3rd. He, he looked like Tom Brady. But what did Rocky Balboa say? Time is undefeated. At some point, and I don't know if it's 2022, I don't know if it's 2025, the law of diminishing returns is going to catch up with Tom Brady because time is undefeated. I don't know if it's going to be this season, but here's what I do know. For the time being, he does not have Chris Godwin. For the time being, he does not have Rob Gronkowski. And that's a subject we can address later. But for right now, he does not have Rob Gronkowski in that huddle. For, he does not have Ali Marpet, who was a key cog in that offensive line that has protected him so well. He does not have Ali Marpet in that huddle. And Bruce Arians, you can talk about what a delegator he was as a head coach, and he did delegate. He gave a, he gave a lot of autonomy to Byron Leftwich, and obviously he let Todd Bowles coach the defense. But he's a very, very, very bright offensive mind. There's a reason he coached in the NFL for a humpteen years and longer. The guy knows football. He's not going to be there on the sideline with a headset on on game day. He's not going to be there. So there are some key components missing for Tom Brady. And then you combine that with this schedule, opening at, at Dallas, then at the Saints. Then you come back home, back-to-back, you face Green Bay and Kansas City in weeks three and four. Oh, and by the way, in week six, you go to Pittsburgh. That is a daunting schedule. And you combine that with the fact that you've got a 45-year-old Tom Brady with some of the key components no longer there in that huddle with him. If I'm a Bucks fan, I'm not worried, but I'm a little concerned. I'm a little concerned about, you know, how this season going season's going to start. Can they, can they get off to a solid start? I personally, I think if they came out of that, out of that gauntlet, that first four week gauntlet at two and two, I think that's kind of a victory. I'm just saying this is going to be very, very difficult. I I learned a long time ago not to get bet against Tom Brady, but again, the law of diminishing returns catches up to everyone. And this is going to be, I know Tom Brady loves challenges. He embraces them, obviously. It's why he's still playing in the NFL at age 45. But I'm telling you, this is quite a challenge this year, and he's missing some key guys in that huddle. It will be a challenge. One of the things that may help him, though, is his division that he's in. Right. You know, Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans, lots of changes in all those, you know, who's quarterbacking all those teams. You have a new coach in in New Orleans. Sean Payton's no longer there. You know, so the division may be, I don't want to say easier to win because I don't think any of them are easy, but the competition may not be as stiff in that division as it has been perhaps in years past when New Orleans was, was, was winning the division consistently and Matt Ryan was in Atlanta in that. Right. You know, those, you know, Atlanta's kind of going through a rebuild. Carolina, who's your quarterback still? Um, right. you know, there's so many questions at all those teams. Um, you know, how will the Saints look without Sean Payton at the helm? Right. You know, so. Oh, no, that, that, that division could be their saving grace because it, 
uh, aside from Tampa Bay, remains a, a, a division in flux. There, there is some rebuilding, obviously, continuing in Atlanta. And we know Matt Rule is clearly on the hot seat in, in Carolina. And obviously, there's a little bit of an uncertainty in how Dennis Allen's going to transition from defensive coordinator to head coach in New Orleans. And we never know what we're going to get from one year to the next or one game to the next with Jameis Winston. So, yeah, that could be their saving grace. I, clearly, the Bucks are the favorite to win their division. But outside of that, you know, again, I, I just point to that to that opening grind. You know, re, that's you know the first six weeks. You got five really significant challenges. And again, I think if they came out of that first four weeks at two and two, I, I wouldn't say, you know, I, I I wouldn't say it's something to be happy about. But I, I think, you know, it's something you can move forward with. If you come out of that four-week gauntlet at two and two, you can say, okay, let, let's roll from here. Now, one position we haven't talked about yet, and it's going to look a lot different this year. No O.J. Howard, and now right. Rob Gronkowski's not coming back. So the tight end room and the position is a lot different because your top two tight ends are gone. I got to believe they're going to pursue somebody in free agency, Steve. And I wrote, mm-hmm. a, I wrote a story in the – in the Tampa Bay Times last week. You can find it on tampabay.com about some of the free agent options that are still out there at tight end right now. The first one that comes to mind is Kyle Rudolph. He's still only about 32 or 33. He was with the Giants last year. Uh, you know, pro bowler, we know what he can do. Eric Ibron, you know, with the, with the Steelers, he, he's a free agent out there right now. There, there's a handful of options. And they've, from what I've read, the Bucks have about $10 million dollars in salary cap space. So there's ample space to go out there and get a free agent. And I got to believe they're going to go out and get a proven tight end, a proven veteran tight end to kind of compliment Brady and just fill the void in that tight end room. Because as it stands right now, yes, Gronk is out for the time being. OJ Howard's playing in Buffalo. Right now you've got, you've got Cam Brake, and you've got uh, you've got two guys they drafted, Cade Otten from Washington, who I think is going to be kind of a sleeper this draft class in time. He he was injured when they drafted him. He had an ankle, he had ankle surgery, I believe it was ankle surgery, late in his final season at Washington. But I think I think he's got the got the skill set. He's he's a cerebral guy. I think he's got the talent to evolve into a quality NFL tight end. And you got. Keith from uh, Minnesota, who I think they clearly drafted to be more of a more of a blocking inline blocking tight end. Uh, I don't think they can line up and you know into an NFL season with those three guys on game day as, as their tight ends. I think they've got to go out and get a a veteran guy, and I think they will. And people say, well, what about how does Gronk affect the salary cap? Well, whether he stays retired or not. He was going to count $5 million against this year's salary cap because like so many of their veteran guys, when they were trying to repeat, uh, when they re-signed Rob last year after the Super Bowl, they prorated that signing bonus to stretch over a number of years. So his cap figure for 2021 would stay low. So as a result of that prorated signing bonus, he counts $5 million in dead money this year. That wasn't going to change whether he played or not. So as it stands, they still have ample salary cap money to go out and, and get a free agent tight end, and I think they're going to do that. 
Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Let's talk about the draft picks and, and how they may impact. I know we've talked about Luke Gedeke already. You talked about Rashad White. The defensive line is going to look a lot different, too. No Indomitian and Sue. No right. Jason Pierre-Paul. You brought in Akeem Hicks. You drafted Logan Ryan with your first pick in the NFL draft this year. So how does the defensive line shake out for this team? I think it was very smart for them to go out and get Akeem Hicks as kind of an insurance policy for that first-round pick, Logan Hall from Houston. They like Logan Hall, and he's a big dude, and they like his upside. But, you know, to throw him in on day one, or night one at Dallas may have been a little bit of a stretch. So you sign Akeem Hicks and you gradually work Logan Hall into the rotation. I think that's a smart move. So you, you start out with Will Goldston, the veteran on one side, of course, Vita Vey in the middle and Nacho backing him up. And you've got Deidre and Sanat also vying for a spot in that at that nose tackle rotation, of course, Sanat, former USF strongman, had an outstanding career at USF. Um, he's in camp. He, he's trying to get a roster spot. And then on the other side, you've got Akeem Hicks and Logan Hall kind of kind of rotating. So I, I think that the, the defensive line spot is solid. And you go out there to edge rusher. Obviously, they've moved on from Jason Pierre-Paul. But you've got Joe tryon their their top pick last season who obviously displayed boundless promise last year as a rookie. You plug him in there where JPP was, and then, you know, you've got Shaq Barrett on the other side. So right now, barring injury, you feel pretty secure there. And, you know, if I'm a Bucks fan, I feel pretty good about where they are up front because of the signing of Akeem Hicks. And if he can play anywhere, anywhere near the level he did a couple years back, with the Bears, I, when he was a pro bowler, maybe even an all-pro, I think in 2018 or 19, you've gotten a steal right there. So, uh, you know, again, barring injury, I, I would feel pretty good about their their defensive front rotation, especially complementing the rookie hall with Akeem Hicks. Well, one other draft pick we haven't talked about yet, the fourth rounder, Jake Camarda. We know that Brad, Bradley Pinion will no longer be the punter, so assuming Jake Camarda will be the punter, how do you see that impacting this team this year? Yeah, um, they like what Jake Camarda can do. He's obviously an athlete who punts. And, yes, they, they very recently moved on from, from Bradley Pinion, who, who, in fairness, punted with some injuries last year. He, he was dinged up probably a little bit more than any of us realized. But, you know, Camarda's their guy going forward. And just, again, just from the, lim- the limited things we saw in camp, He's a guy who can boom it, who can place it. Obviously, he had an outstanding career at, at Georgia. So, uh, you know, I, I think they just make the transition from Pinion to Camarda there. All their other specialists are back. Again, I think you will see at least a token competition at kicker between Jose Borgales and Ryan Suckup. Though, again, Suckup has a guaranteed deal going into this year. So I'm not sure how much of a, of a competition that'll be, but... Kamarda's your guy going forward. Uh, you know, we know the, the history of Jason Light and drafting specialists, 
But uh, I think he scored with this guy getting Camarda in the, uh, I believe it was the fourth round. Um, he's their guy going forward. One position we talked about earlier but didn't really get into was the secondary. Carlton Davis resigns. He's back. You've added two new safeties. With Jordan Whitehead leaving, you added Logan Ryan and Keanu Neal. So now you've got a lot of defensive backs in that, in that room there. How's everything going to shake out with Sean Murphy Bunting and Mike Edwards and, and everyone there in the secondary? It'll be very interesting. You know, obviously Carlton Davis has one cornerback spot nailed down, and this is kind of a prove-it year for, for Murphy Bunting. Uh, you know, as you recall, he had three picks in the playoffs a couple years back, but, you know, then he dislocated his elbow the opening night last season and, you know, just really kind of struggled just with injuries throughout the year last year, and it wasn't, you know, a very distinguished season because of that injury. So this is kind of a prove-it year for him. And, you know, and then you throw Logan Ryan in the mix, who's really, you know, if you hear him talk, he is a uh, he's a Rondé Barber disciple. And you talk about somebody who could step in and play that nickel corner. Uh, Logan Ryan's your guy, a guy who has 18 career interceptions, played with Tom Brady in New England, um, an excellent tackler. He has more than 700 career tackles, Steve. He has 13 career sacks. So he's somebody that you can plug in again at at safety opposite Winfield or nickel corner. And, um, you know, again, to compliment him, you bring in Keanu Neal, who's from Webster, Florida, about an hour north of Tampa, played at South Sumter High School, obviously played for the Gators. He's an NFL veteran, and he's somebody who more fits the mold of Jordan Whitehead in terms of run stoppage, in terms of somebody you can put up there as a safety to stop the run. So, you know, you you – those four we mentioned, Davis, Murphy Bunning, Ryan, Keanu Neal, and then you throw in Whitehead, that's a, that's a pretty solid five-person rotation. Uh, who, who, who else is the uh, – who are the other guys that are, are in that mix? You're going to have to keep one or two more guys for, uh, for, uh, for depth purposes. D. Delaney, obviously the, uh, the free agent who came out of nowhere last season to make the roster. Uh, cornerback, he, he's somebody to keep an eye on. But that just – the way they rotate those guys, uh, those five that we mentioned, that'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. And the, the guys who survive and make the final cuts just to provide depth at corner and safety will also be interesting to watch. All right, before we finish with the Bucks here, Joey, the question that everyone keeps asking, Tom Brady retired, 40 days later announced he's coming back. Rob Gronkowski is retired. Will he come back at some point this year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? I will say this, Steve, it would not surprise me at all because the people who are around Rob, including his agent, say they would not be surprised if he came back. When you're at this level of your career, early 30s, having played a decade or so, guys like that generally, not all of them, but generally, what's the one thing they dread? Training camp. The grind and the gruel of late July and August, just the sweltering heat and the day-to-day grind. You know, I, I was watching a documentary the other night on Michael Strahan right before the Giants Super Bowl season. I mean, he was going to retire after 2006. He was in his mid-30s at that point, and he did not want anything to do with training camp. Well, we all know he held out of that 2007 training camp, reported, I guess, in early September, led the, uh, led the Giants to a Super Bowl and went on to the Hall of Fame. Generally, guys of that age, and Gronk, I think right now is 32, may have just turned 33, they want nothing to do with training camp. 
But if he stays in shape, if he's, you know, if he just takes care of his body over the summer, stays in reasonable shape, I, I can see Tom Brady reaching out to him, especially if, if the Bucks get off to a rough start. And it wouldn't surprise me if they did. Him reaching out to Rob and saying, hey, we need you, big guy. Just give it one more run. And th- then they bring him in. And uh, I don't think it would be like Richard Sherman, a guy who signs on Tuesday and plays the whole game on Sunday. I think, you know, if that were to transpire and Gronk came back, it's, you know, you would sign him, you know, give him a couple of weeks to get in game shape, have a little de facto training camp. And then, you know, about his third week, you you get him in a game and you get rolling. But that would not surprise me um, to see him, you know, mosey into the Advent Health Training Center, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, mid-September, early October, something of that nature. Uh, I just think, again, and I'll say it again, I I just think at this point in their NFL life, veterans like that just (laughs) want very little to do with training camp. So, uh, you know, in an ideal scenario, he comes in mid-September, early October, gets a couple of weeks under his belt and gets rolling that that scenario would not surprise me at all i always kind of viewed it as more of a eric weddle scenario from last year where he comes in late in the season or the playoffs that guy could be you know nothing surprises me in the nfl that could very well be did eric weddle win a super super bowl ring i think he did Mm -hmm. but not only do you miss training camp but you miss most of the season which is now 18 weeks long with 17 games that extreme but i i could see rob coming in sometime in october october even maybe it's november december i mean maybe it's you know ah, we'll get through thanksgiving then i'll show up (laughs) weather cools down a little bit sure you know, Absolutely. The one thing, if you don't, if you wait till the playoffs to show up, there's the salary cap implications of, I don't, you know, you're not at that point affecting the salary cap. Right. Right. I just don't. I just don't think it would be something uh, that extreme or that late. That's personally, I don't think that would happen. But I may be wrong. Nothing surprises me anymore, Steve. Nothing. All right. Well, we'll end it with this with you, uh, USF. Uh, Jeff Scott in his what third season now at the helm of USF. Third season. Uh, third season. Um, is this a make-or-break year for Jeff Scott? He had his quarterback of the future, Timmy McLean, who played last yep. year as a freshman, but now he's brought in the transfer from Baylor. Is that a signal that uh, either Timmy's not ready or the pressure's really on Jeff Scott here? I really, honestly, and I've had a conversation with Jeff Scott about this, you know, full disclosure. Um. After that spring game, it was not a matter of, this is what he told me, it was not a matter of he sat down with the staff and said, oh my gosh, we're in trouble. We got to have a quarterback. I don't think it was like that at all. I think they believe in Timmy McClain. But what I do think that they, their, their philosophy and their mindset is, we're always going to work to get better, to improve our roster. That's never going to stop. What did Willie Taggart tell his guys all the time? We are recruiting other guys to come in and take your jobs. If I heard him say that once, I heard him say it a hundred times. He told that to his players. We are recruiting guys to come in and take your jobs. And I think that's, I mean, that's a universal mindset in recruiting anyway. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's the mindset that Jeff Scott and his staff had. He said, you know, we like Timmy. We like the quarterbacks in our room right now. But, you know, we're not going to stop pursuing guys if there's a guy that can make that room even better make our team even better heck 
we're, we're gonna we're gonna we're not gonna, just gonna sit on our hands. And lo and behold, Gary Bohannon, um, guy from Baylor who led who was the quarterback for almost the entire year last season when Baylor won the Big Twelve. He's available. Uh, the coaching staff at Baylor decided to go in a different direction, and this guy's available. And so Jeff Scott and his staff pursued him, and next thing you know, he's in Tampa. And that, that quarterback room has been, you know, greatly fortified. And, you know, that's something Jeff Scott's done across the board. He has really rebuilt and refortified his roster via the transfer portal. I know that's not an ideal scenario for him, but the landscape has just changed dramatically in college football. In a perfect world, he would like to build his roster the way Dabo did at Clemson, which is you you recruit guys and you develop them. You recruit and develop them. And as you may know, for years, Steve, Clemson never had a transfer, mm -hmm. but that's changed. The landscape has changed so radically. This is the portal era, and Jeff Scott has been forced to to maximize the portal, to, to use the resources at his disposal to rebuild what was a barren roster that he inherited. And he is, to his credit, he has tapped into that portal and replenished that roster at a number of places. And yes, this is year three. They've won, what, three games in his first two years. This is a very, very big year for Jeff Scott. And it will not get easy. Let's see. They open. I was just going to get into the schedule. BYU at home. Yep. And they have Howard at home. Then they go to Florida and to Louisville. <laughs> that is tough, man. And that's all before you get to the American Conference, which still has Cincinnati and Houston and UCF in it for this year. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking at it right now, or I was looking at it. Yeah. Um, you know, I think their first conference game, East Carolina, which is going to be no slouch. Mm -hmm. Um they're a program on the rise. Cincinnati, you know, I expect a little bit of a drop-off, obviously, but they're still Cincinnati. They've still got a heck of a good coach. Then Tulane, then Houston. Um, you know, and then a the couple weeks after that, SMU. This, this is not going to be easy, man. Um, I think if I'm a USF fan, uh, I think 6-6 six and six is something I would be aspiring to. Bowl eligibility in year three. Um, that's what they got with Willie Taggart in year three. They were seven and five. But, you know, quite candidly, I don't think Willie Taggart's year three was the schedule as formidable um, as this one, especially on the front end when you've got BYU, Florida, and Louisville in three of the first four weeks. This is going to be really tough. And I think if I'm a Bulls fan and the Bulls somehow to get six and six, I'm very happy with that. He's Joey Knight. He covers the Buccaneers for the Tampa Bay Times. He also does a little bit of USF as well. Joey, thanks so much for filling in as uh, Rick is uh, enjoying his vacation. He'll be back, I believe, on next Wednesday's podcast. So, uh, Rick, getting a little time off. And, Joey, we appreciate you filling in. My pleasure, buddy. Thanks. My thanks to Joey Knight for joining us on the podcast today. Tomorrow, we're going to be joined by Matt Baker. We're going to talk some college football with the NFL uh, training camps just uh, four weeks away now, college football will be starting their training camps just after that with uh, games getting set for Labor Day weekend. So can't believe football season is almost upon us. Matt Baker tomorrow on the podcast. And remember, if you're having trouble with your AC system, please call our friends at Air Rescue. Their award-winning team has 24-7 emergency service if you need. And if you're getting a new, new system, 100% satisfaction guaranteed. Their number is 813-612-5600. 813-612-5600 or go to airrescueflorida.com. 
For the Vacationing Rick Stroud, I'm Steve Versnick. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.